people missing, a forest with a bloody past. We get to the bottom of this mystery tonight, on Tonight with Molly Harper, with me, Molly Harper. You were alive? I'm sorry, I just didn't want to marry you. Welcome back to another episode of CMF Spotlight, the official podcast of the world's largest student film festival. I'm your host, Zach Lovelace. The countdown to Terminus continues with less than two weeks to go. You still have a chance to buy your badges, don't worry, and that'll get you access to tons of workshops, parties, tournaments, and a bunch more. I'll be there personally and giving it my all in the Super Smash Brothers tournament, so come on out if you think you can beat me, and I'm pretty sure you can. For more information, go to TerminusEvent.com. On today's episode of CMF Spotlight, we have a special guest from the University of North Florida, Akash Bakshi. Akash has written, directed, shot, and acted in CMF movies every year since he's been in school. And there's simply one word to describe it. Prolific. And with that, let's jump right in. So what are you doing in Atlanta, man? I'm in Atlanta visiting my sister and brother-in-law, Andy. Cool. Um, and I love Atlanta as a city. I want to move here soon because oh. it's just so vibrant and full of life. And nice. you have all these little nooks and crannies full of like awesome food, awesome drinks. And yeah. I love the nightlife. Oh, it's good, the nightlife, man. Yeah. A little trouble. There's our bar <laughs> plug for the day. Uh, it's like if Blade Runner was a bar. Yeah. You know, that's kind of feel that I get. Yeah, just uh, like that. And Westside Provisions is great. It is. This is going to turn into an Atlanta podcast real quick. <laughs> uh, but Westside Provisions is awesome. Like Taqueria del Sol, uh, Yeah Burger. If you haven't done Yeah Burger. Yeah Burger has really good vegetarian so good. burgers, yes. which I are wasn't you, expecting. Are you vegetarian? Yeah. High five. I was one for like six or seven months last year. My wife's been one for like 11 years. Okay, uh, cool. So, and she never cooks meat at home anyway. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll eat whatever you make. And yeah. I love me some tofu. And the, the veggie burger is amazing. The veggie it dog, is. apparently. I That's what I tried yesterday, okay. the veggie dog. It was yeah. like... It was like kind of crunchy, but it was so good. Yeah. It was so crunchy and juicy. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thank you, Yeah Burger, uh, for sponsoring <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> so, where did you go to school, man? I went to UNF, and I'm still going there. I've got okay. a semester left, That's right. and I'm most likely going to continue on with my master's, you know, just so yeah. I could continue doing CMF films, of course. Of course. You just know. ride it as long as you possibly yeah. can. Just, and then you know, eventually you're going to have to work for us, obviously. Of that's course. Like you got to pay the price. Definitely you know. worth it, you know. A no. couple thousand dollars per class. That's... T- yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All for the CMF. No, yeah. <laughs> so, what, at UNF, what has been your major? At UNF, I started out as mechanical engineering and Interestingly enough, after doing CMF, I also picked up business management. So I will be graduating with two majors, mechanical engineering and business management. Sweet. And it sounds like you've already kind of put that into practice a little bit. Yes. um, um, I feel really lucky to have started a production company, and I've been getting a lot of work out of town, in town, and half of it has been coming from WeMake, the network I joined after doing CMF. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like... A lot of CMFers graduate onto WeMake, and they get these professional jobs with you know ESPN and the PGA Tour. Yeah. And getting to do these and having this networking ability for free is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's an untapped resource for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't believe that they would get jobs out of it, or if it's just kind of a yeah. hoax, or it's you know few and far in between. Yeah. But even as we sit here now, I'm seeing notifications for jobs pop up in New York. That's and amazing. I can't wait to apply. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. You know, I. I can't believe that somebody would think that WeMake would be a hoax. Like, 
of all the hoaxes out there, you know, Bigfoot, uh, <laughs> Loch Ness Monster, and then we make. I know. Uh, you know, it's just it's something that a lot of what I've experienced as far as my end on, on my end when I was doing CMF in school was that it, a lot of it seems too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I kind of classify we make and people's interaction with it is that they just kind of seem like eh, that's there's no way. Yeah, just like CMF, a lot of people don't believe that you'll just get you know a Panasonic GH4 and a MacBook with all the exactly. software. But it's true, and so is WeMake. There's so many jobs out there, yeah. and they keep adding new ones. It's kind of unbelievable, and I almost hate like promoting it because yeah. I want it all for myself. You know? No, that's true. But- I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> Akash wants it all for himself. No worries. <laughs> Screw everybody else. No. So uh, you have been very prolific as far as your CMF films. You've mm-hmm. made nine films to date, and those are films just on your team's yes. uh, you know, account. You also have helped out on a lot of other people's uh, movies, including Trevor Walsh, your good yes. buddy. And uh, Connor and, Dolby. And Connor Dolby, exactly. And they both have been up for uh, national awards. Uh, and Trevor is in Luminous. This year, yes. Which is Connor's movie. Yes. Uh, which is great. Great movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, you did some of the aerial footage for that. I did, yeah. yeah. And I helped Connor out with some of the sound effects and stuff. But Sweet. it was really interesting to finally have a movie because over the past years... In the beginning, it was me and Trevor against each other, and then over the past mm-hmm. couple of years, it was me, Trevor, and Connor, and now finally a film where we somehow all ended up together. Yeah. It's kind of kind of amazing. Yeah, that's something special, too, and I think that it's, uh, it's very evident that there are three very talented people working on this film. Uh, tell me a little bit about your competitive nature with them. So, I've been a very competitive person. Um, you know, I love playing Smash, you know, ever since oh, I was a little kid. And yes. I love competing and making my friends mad at me. But oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as filmmaking as well, um, I've always wanted to be one of the top films anytime. I've always wanted to be one to I've always wanted to make one of the top films every yeah. year whenever CMF came to town. Sure. And that competitive spirit, especially against someone that's as good as Trevor Walsh and now Con- Connor Dolby as well. Yeah. It's been amazing because it really brings out the best in us to try to beat each other. But at the same time, I love helping them out with stuff like aerial footage or Ronin mm-hmm. footage, something that they wouldn't be able to access just because I like competing against the best version of their movie. Yeah. And I'm sure they feel the same way about mine. Exactly. No, and I, and I can tell you that from my experience with your guys' movies individually and obviously seeing all your names in each other's movies' credits, <laughs> uh, that I, I, as a viewer, appreciate that as well. Okay. Uh, that I think I, I, I see a better product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, to me, as a film lover, is the world. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so after you graduate... Uh, you're going to try and pivot into some more We Make work. Is there anything that you have your own production company? Is there anything that you have maybe lined up as far as a project? I would love to continue doing corporate stuff. I okay. know um, just because doing all this corporate stuff will let me purchase more gear and I can use that gear to film cooler movies. Yeah. And I'm a complete gearhead. You know, yeah. I bought the first 4K drone that DJI made like immediately. Wow. And I have the Ronin and I love purchasing, you know, cameras and lenses even though they're not as helpful as I imagined them to be in my mind when I'm ordering them. Sure. <laughs> sure. But I just love I just love buying new technology and using new technology. Yeah. And thanks to WeMake and um, having a production company and going after these corporate clients and yeah. commercials and stuff, it'll let me be more creative in the future. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. It just opens up so many other doors. Right. Uh, it adds to your tool belt, your all these resources that you have with the drones, mm-hmm. uh, with just having a, a 4K camera on your phone. Right. Even. Uh, which kind of leads me to something that I've heard that you do as far as like before your movies, before the CMF week, the filming week, you mm-hmm. actually film your movies. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. So um, we have to give a little bit of context because it sure. sounds like we get it done six months in advance and like send it no, to the no, polishing room. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, this is <laughs> condoned by CMF. This is good. Yeah. So sometimes a lot of people don't know that you can start planning your movie pre-producing your movie way before the weekend. For us, it's months in advance. And something I like to do and something that I started with Connor Dolby on a social justice film we did together Mm -hmm. is we both realize we're terrible at uh, drawing storyboards and our scripts aren't too detailed. What we realized is we could use our phones to film the entire film shot for shot how we imagine it edit it with the music, with the sound effects, with our stand-in actors, and just see what the flow looks like. Is it funny? Um, Do these actors really work out in the situation, or do we need to move them around? And then we have a complete movie that we could watch over and over again and realize the faults. And then when it comes time for that week, we have everything ready. Yeah. We have the movie in front of us to watch and film. You know, not saying that you have to, you know, copy everything shot for shot for shot. Sure. Um, but just having that as a reference point is really amazing. And I yeah. feel like a lot of other filmmakers should try that out. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as far as CMF is concerned that uh, there's a, a serious lack of pre-production involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't work on their scripts. A lot of people don't secure actors or locations beforehand. And they're just scrambling mm-hmm. for that week. Uh, and I would rather, uh, I think we, we would see a better product at the end with less scrambling. Uh, if you just have more orderly execution of things. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know exactly what you want. You're executing your vision as opposed to trying to find your vision amongst all these scattered resources. Exactly. Um, And the more more time you spend on pre-production, the Mm -hmm. better product you end up getting. And if you see some of the top films, one of the top films from last year, Fluzical, I'm sure required days and days, probably weeks of practice Mm -hmm. to get it down and for them to be sure to have it ready to film during that week. And it really showed because it won Best Picture. Exactly. That's true. And I'm sure they were working on the music before that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, As far as a musical is concerned, you can be doing that. All you have to do is just sign away the music at the end. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can be collecting musicians on your campus and Mm -hmm. just go up to them before your filming week or even during and say like, hey, I love your sound. I love... Uh, this song that I've seen you play, X, Y, Z, if you don't mind, I'd love to use it for my movie. Right. You know? And that way, I, for me, music is integral as far as like editing is concerned yes. uh, and setting mood and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if I hear a song that I like from somebody that's not Beyonce, uh, <laughs> that's somebody that I can, I can get their signature, uh, yeah. I'm, you bet you about a dollar I'm going to remember who they are mm-hmm. uh, so I can, I can, you know, exploit them. No. <laughs> no. So uh, you have done a lot of CMF movies and you personally have done a lot of different roles in all of those movies. Mm-hmm. You've acted, you've directed, you've shot things, obviously you've done drone footage, uh, you've edited. What is your favorite thing to do? My absolute favorite my absolute favorite thing to do would be directing mm-hmm. because I love making comedy films and being the director for a comedy film is so much fun because you're there with your friends, you're yeah. laughing, you're having a great time, yeah. you're doing all these voices, these accents, which you hope nobody hears, and mm-hmm. you just have, you just direct a good time. And if 
yeah. it's your friends on screen and they're comfortable with you filming them and everyone has great chemistry with with each other mm-hmm. it makes for a really good comedy and that yeah. that high energy is really infectious when yeah. you're watching it exactly and it, you know it's something that you realize as a viewer uh, that the energy is there yeah uh, and I think that comedy as subjective as it is can be uh, executed in a way in film better than it has been mm-hmm. uh, I say this all the time that the common school of comedy right now in film is like Judd Apatow Mm-hmm. who just gets his friends in a room and they improv things, which is great, but mm-hmm. you're really uh, just filming people having conversations, which mm-hmm. can be funny. You know, there's only so many dick jokes I can hear, though, uh, <laughs> but or, or fart jokes or whatever. Uh, but I think that if you look at someone like the Coen brothers, the way that they use the camera uh, is very important in how their comedy is being told. Right? I go back to Raising Arizona all the time. That's more of their goofier side of things as far as their movie's concerned. But I think you can learn a lot about comedy in how and where they place the camera at any given moment to tell the joke. Right. Yeah, I really wish that there were more comedy CMF films where people focused on the pre-production and the settings and Mm. the actors and the editing. Yeah. I wish they focused a lot more on that just so we could have higher production value comedies. And I'm so glad a comedy won last year's Best Picture to really show that comedy is in no way inferior to drama. Yeah. And a lot of times people are a lot more forgiving and make a lot more excuses for why a comedy... Mm -hmm is not as perfect because it can get away with it, you know, maybe because it's not supposed to be taken seriously. But the comedies that are taken seriously and have that production value turn out to be some of the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I even see some of that uh, kind of bleeding over into, like, bigger award ceremonies where, like, a high-level comedy, like something that Alexander Payne would make, Mm -hmm. uh, something like The Descendants, which is not expressly a comedy, but it has a lot of funny moments in it. Uh, that it gets billed more as a dramedy. Right. Uh, that they they even can't escape the classification of mm-hmm. making it a drama, even though it's very obviously a comedy. Yeah. Like Grand Budapest Hotel, perfect example. Yes. It's a comedy. It's got some dramatic beats, but it's almost certainly a comedy. Yes. Even down to like how he's filming it is kind of ridiculous. But anyway. So, uh, to change gears here, who are some of your favorite filmmakers, and what are some of your favorite films that you've learned from? Uh, Edgar Wright, with the whole trinity of films, Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz, and then also George Miller with Mad Max. Yeah. Um, I love that movie because it you get a sense that that entire movie is a playground for George Miller. You know, he's proven yeah. himself over and over and over, True. over decades, and now... He has all the tools, he has all the production money, he has all the time in the world, and he has these amazing actors, and the fact that he got to do that, um, it's absolutely amazing, and it makes me jealous as well. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Just the fact that he had all these tools to work with, and um, I also love the fact that there were a lot of practical effects in that. I Mm -hmm. love the fact that the story took a back seat but it wasn't just a simple story that there yeah. were a lot of gray actors in it yeah um morally gray actors in it and just because the story is simple doesn't mean it's a bad one it's more yeah. character and action driven which is fine because it's supposed to be a yeah. treat for you for you to you know sit back and relax exactly or not relax when you're having you know <laughs> war boys come after you in their spiked you know Volkswagens or whatever it was yeah uh, but yeah, the movie is high octane uh, action the whole time. But yeah. that's the that is the core of what cinema is. 
is just seeing something happen on screen uh, as opposed to hearing it. Yes. Uh, and I think that, you know, dialogue gets a bad rap for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, you don't want to be too expositional with your dialogue, that type of thing. And I do think that that's true. But it's not necessarily the purest form of filmmaking to say that, like, a silent film is pure. Right. But to know that George Miller and his team made, like, 3,000 storyboards to visually tell this story and then went in and made the dialogue, I think just shows you how strong the story actually is, that it can be told when on mute. Right. Uh, and you still know who these characters are, despite that. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know who they are, and they're morally gray. Exactly. And I love that the fact that none of them are immune. Um, yeah. They have no sort of immunity. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much better. And I love that it just smashes, you know, all sorts of stereotypes that, you know, all the good guys are yeah. supposed to survive. You know, yeah. the damsel in distress will always get saved by Max. Or, you know, the fact that yeah. there are, like, who is the damsel in distress? Is it Mad Max? Exactly. That's no, true. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. At so, certain times that title, is him. you know, does, like, shift to him. Yeah. And even to the, the pregnant one. Yeah. Uh, and that's a perfect example of that being subverted. Yes. Uh, is the pregnant bride, so to speak, of Immortan Joe, that she doesn't survive yeah you know, spoiler alert but you've had like two years to see this movie so <laughs> screw you listener uh, <laughs> losing viewers as we as we speak now uh, shifting gears here uh, I want to know a little bit more about where you get inspiration from um, ever since middle school a lot of my close friends um, Darian Austin Johanna and some others we've always sort of been able to play these characters with each other mm-hmm. we go into these funny dialogues where we play certain characters and i could yeah. call any of them right now and go off on a tangent for 30 minutes before even getting to the reason why i called them in the first place yeah. and these funny scenarios and these funny moments that we come up with off the cuff are really my inspiration for all the comedy movies we've done yeah because all of these comedy movies at one point were us acting them out and thinking how funny it is and then realizing maybe we could put it into a film form and it really turns out and that's where I get my inspiration from. Is that where Till Death came from? Yeah, Till Death, we thought we couldn't think of an idea and I was talking about how funny would it be to have a guy who's faking his own death but ends up freaking out for some reason or something like that yeah. and he tries to get out of the coffin and the coffin falls over and breaks apart in front of the entire church okay, but yeah. we just come up with these ridiculous scenarios um, with Tender we came up with a scenario of like desperate guys showing up to an island just because yeah. they got a Tinder notification <laughs> and then we're like what if one of them gets pulled up onto a tree as if they were hung yeah. it's like could we do that and it's like yeah, I think we can do that. That's and awesome. So it's really fun coming up with the ridiculous scenarios and just executing them. Yeah, and it shows. It shows that you are really good at that. Uh, Tender is my favorite of your movies. Thank you. I will confess, Tender fanboy here. Uh, and I, I do see a lot of similarities in the way that George Miller crafted some of that action and some of the ridiculousness of it. Like, my wife and I, we laugh so hard at a point in Mad Max when... Uh, it's near the end. I was going to say during a car chase. That's like the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but we're the big fat guy who's got like the giant feet and like no nose. Yeah. Uh, that he 
like Max jumps into his car and somebody shoots him and he's yeah. just like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just like the look on his face when he's getting shot and I just I see that translate uh, that type of comedy like even though it's violent uh, I see that translate to something like Tender with that guy getting his hand chopped off yeah uh, or him getting hung like it's it's violent but it's also really funny it uh, is, and yeah. it's not violent just for violence sake like it's not I mean somewhat somewhat gory just a little uh, bit. But, like, to the point where it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you can't not laugh at it. It's almost cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, which is actually a good thing. Uh, not, it, and, it, and it plays out in a way that I think elevates the comedy to something, you know, more more attuned to, like, Spongebob or something like that. Right, yeah. Uh, and I actually really love Spongebob. So Me too. High I love Spongebob. Uh, and, I, yeah, Spongebob is one of my favorites. Uh, but, yeah, I think that uh, comedy is something that is like grossly misunderstood mm-hmm. and I think that uh, you're on the right path and I can tell with movies like Tender and even Till Death uh, with you falling out of the coffin like yeah. uh, it's just like I don't know you have a, a mind for that type of thing Thank uh, and you. I think that there's a uh, it's my pleasure man uh, to watch your movies uh, <laughs> but on top of that I think that there's a, a lack in the comedy market for mm-hmm. like that type of comedy so right. I like seeing someone so young and so passionate about it so competitive uh, like really go at it and get it yeah. uh, I really do I really appreciate it and especially as someone that being on tour seeing a lot of movies seeing a lot of comedies uh, <laughs> so called comedies I can say uh, that it feels good to come home and be like okay what is a kosh made like, what can I see and actually have a laugh and like I said your movies have been playing on our uh, TV loop so everybody that did a CMF movie this past year should have seen Tender. That's awesome. Uh, and I usually will stop the crowd who's getting equipment to point out your movie, be like, no, watch this one, watch this one, don't look at me, watch this one, learn from that one. Uh, but anyway, so that's good to know that you have a tight-knit group of people uh, that you can rely on and and really brew comedy out of. Uh, I think that's super important for knowing like what's truly funny. Yeah. Uh, and to know that you know it's not just to make myself laugh, like... My life is just one extended fart joke after another. <laughs> uh, but knowing that I've got friends who also feel that way uh, makes it easier for me to make a movie about it, if I so felt that I wanted to. So anyway, uh, I just want to thank you for being here, man. Thank uh, you. I look forward to seeing you at Terminus. Uh, I know that you're a big Smash fan, and I hope to meet you on the battlefield yes, for uh, sure. at some point. Uh, we'll have to do some sort of Captain Falcon Ditto. you know, face-off or something like that. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us, Akash. We'll see you at Terminus, man. And thank you all for listening. If you have any questions for us, feel free to email us at podcast at campusmoviefest.com. Hey, we'll see you next time.